Welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. These podcasts are designed to motivate, educate, and to inspire you to take huge action in your life, to change your life from this moment on. I interview inspiring guests with amazing stories that you can hopefully learn from, relate to, and spur you on to achieve big things. If you want to follow my personal journey and all the different things that we do, please follow me on Instagram, which is Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property. Or on YouTube, my page is Terry Blackburn property. Me, myself, I've been from rags to riches, had nothing. Now I've built multiple businesses earning over millions of pounds. I have a multi-million pounds portfolio of property up in the northeast of England. I am by no means done yet. So please get in touch if you love the show. If you have any feedback for me, I'd really appreciate that. And I'm happy to help as many people as I possibly can. That's what this show is all about. So enjoy the episode. Take care, have a fantastic day, and don't just take notes, take action. So hi, and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. Today's guest is one of my good friends, Ryan Luke. I would say he's an expert in the short-term rental SA space. I understand he manages around about 200 properties. He's went from Newcastle, starting in Newcastle, to Nationwide, Ireland, Portugal, Dubai, I believe, which I want to ask a few questions about yeah. uh, today. Uh, he's got a portfolio himself. He's developing some larger stuff at the moment, moving into coaching. A uh, very ambitious guy. Um, so I'm sure you saw he'll be great and there'll be some gems on today's episode. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Luke. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. No problem. No problem. I appreciate your time, mate. Um, so what we like to do, Ryan, on the show is just talk about people's stories and their journey so far. We'll try and extract as many lessons and learnings as we can uh, to share with the listeners and hopefully inspire them. So um, we'll talk about the start. So how you got into property, first of all. Yeah. The middle part, which is the growth part, the exciting part, which everyone likes to hear. Uh, things you've achieved, any standout moments. And then the current is just what your attention is on right now and going forward. So if you could give us a brief sort of overview of the of the start first, right, and just how you actually got into property would be great. Yeah, sure. So I stumbled into it by accident. I think most people do. I was a landlord in 2007, accidentally. And I had two really bad tenants, which put me off for 10 years. Cost us about 10 grand back then, which I didn't really have the money. It went on credit cards. And I just thought I do not like that game. And then I really started because I didn't have a pension. And every year I was at 30, I was like, I need a pension, 31, I need a pension, 32, so on and so forth. And I was like, I don't really want a pension because I don't want to lock money away. So what else can I do? And, uh, and then I thought, well, everyone seems to, whoever's wealthy seems to have property. So I started digging into that a bit more. And I thought, I'll just buy myself a few and create a little pension fund that'll run itself uh, through property. So that's why it started. And then... I, one of my first, as I got more and more into it, I started realizing all these creative strategies and I ended up doing a lease option on a one bed flat in Spittletons and um, I couldn't get it rented. So I was having a coffee with one of my friends and he told me about Airbnb at the time, obviously heard of it, didn't really understand it. And he explained what he was doing with the property he had on the quayside. Uh, I went straight to Ikea, built up a load of <laughs> And uh, and here we are today in a in a total different situation of what I planned, but I don't think anything ever really goes to plan, does it? No, no, that's that's true. And, and sometimes there is just a catalyst, isn't it? There? There's something that happens that just 
banging and that this is it. I'm assuming that must have because pretty much all your portfolio is SA, right? Am I right in saying probably that? 80, 85 percent of it? Yeah, yeah. And did you just know early on that? I mean, what first of all, what attracted you to what was the thing that got you into that? You know, obviously, your friend done it, you went to IKEA. What then got you hooked in? Well, what was the... I guess it was solving a problem because I'd, I'd refurbed this lease option flat. So I'd spent a bit of money on it and uh, money I didn't really have. And then I couldn't get, we had about seven viewings through and no one wanted it. So I was like, I've got a problem here. And then he told me about Airbnb and, and it wasn't really for the, the glam of what it could generate. It was just literally like, I just need to get this place, bringing some money in. And um, so I went to Ikea you know, put 1,500 quid's worth of furniture on a credit card, spent all night building it myself, took some photographs as the sun came up the next morning. And uh, and then I banged it on Airbnb and I had three and a half grand's worth of bookings in five days. And I remember saying to my wife, like, have you seen this? Like, this is like mental. And, um, and I guess from that, I just thought that just, that just sat a lot nicer to me than having a tenant who can potentially not pay the trashy places, the rent's minimal, you know, and I started to see the money coming out of these places. So that, that I guess, gave me the excitement and the, the drive to want more of it. And from then on, I've just never really wanted tenants. I have them because I want to be diverse, but the majority of it, I always get swayed back to, I quite often buy properties going, I'll, I'll do that as a HMO. And at the end of it, I'll go, <laughs> nah, let's just put that as a service, the accommodation unit. I've done it so many times over the last few years. But um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's paid off and, and, it, and it's playing out quite ni- nicely now. And obviously the expansion continues almost week by week, day by day. Love that. Love that. I think a um, couple of points on that. You actually made me, not made me do it, we talked about a deal. So I, I bought two on the same street in Newcastle, two four beds, plan exactly what you said, two HMOs, because that's what I'm used to, that's what I know how to do. Um, I tested one with an SA and one as a HMO, and this is only this year, right? Um, that SA is like doubling the... Uh, doubling a bit I think actually than the HMO so you probably got well you did convert me I think to it yeah. uh, it's a great strategy yeah no no it is I, I, I do agree I like that you're diversifying as well I think that's that's key as well um but yeah man it's a great but do you find a lot of people are similar to myself in terms of the, the stick to what they know but then once you actually try it is the does the light bulb go off do you find that yeah, it's like anything in life, isn't it? You know, no one likes change. And this is why, you know, on the rent-to-rent strategy, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, it's it's difficult sometimes to get a landlord to change what they've done for so many years and it's worked okay for them. But once they understand what it can do for them, like actually see it for themselves, not just social proof, not just someone else saying it, actually in their own portfolio, then as you say, you know, like you have been, you, you get converted and you're like, I want more of that, you know, and, um, you know, you're doubling your revenue or sorry, you're earning more and you're also having that property managed. So you're giving away a bit, you know, so obviously for me, I have operational costs, which is my management fee, obviously, you know, but it, it, it's on your own properties. I do think in the right locations, you can, I think it's about 2.6 to 2.7 times the amount of revenue that you would get from an AST. And I do think it's more than you would get from a HMO annualized. So yeah, it's, um, it's a great strategy. That's why I love it. 
we all like money, right? That's what we did this for at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. We all we all started our venture because we needed more to replace something that we felt we didn't have. In my in my scenario, it was a pension. But then I quickly realized actually I could build out a very successful business here if I keep going. And um, and then that changed from okay, well, I'm I'm quite comfortable on a corporate salary, but actually I could have a multi-million pound business here, you know, quite quickly. So your goals tend to change, but it it all tends to relate around money initially. And, um, you know, so for me, it was like, how can you sweat the asset as much as you possibly can and just get that cash coming in? Because then that allows you to to grow, develop and move on to bigger things. Yeah, I love that. That's a great um, a bit of advice and just some information that I think is is relevant and um, to, to the listeners. So let, let's let's go to the, it's went from accidental landlord to going to Ikea, made a couple of grand in your first one to quite a decent sized portfolio. Um, but in between that, there was a lot of rent to rent, right? Um, mm-hmm. Is that what you so you did the lease option, but was it mainly just rent to rent to this at the start, and then you use that cash flow to start purchasing? What what did that look like? Well, I um I actually stumbled onto rent to rent by accident. So I had I had enough money to buy one property, so I bought one, and then I started looking at the creative strategies, and then I got that lease option, and then I recycled the money out of property one and went and bought another one. And then I got into the world of um, investor funding quite quickly. And, uh, you know, again, just I just educate myself so much. I kind of stress, you know, I know you're into it. You know, I five years ago, I was on my you know, depression bed. I didn't want to do anything. Shit was falling down. And I just like my, my mindset had to change. And then ever since then, I've invested a lot in myself in various different areas and continue to do so. And by doing that and getting the toolkit and getting the education and understanding what we can and can't do, you can then take action. And that's all I did. And then I, um, so I then had another property, both of them in, um, you'll know, Leamington, right? Not, yeah. the, not the best area, but I thought, you know what? I quite like the revenue off that, that first lease option Airbnb. So I'm going to give it a go. So I've, Bought some furniture, sure enough, put it on. I, was, I wasn't expecting them to work, I'll be honest. And sure enough, boom, like, you know, two grand, three grand just coming in and you're like, Jesus, this really does work everywhere. And then I had, um, most of my stuff's just been solving problems. So I then had a, I noticed there was a, a lady kept booking one of the houses, but she kept coming through booking.com. Now, obviously we give like 18% commission away to them. So I was like, I need to stop this. So I rang in. I said, is there any chance you could book direct with me next time? Because you've booked for like <laughs> five weeks in a row and I keep sending you emails, but you keep going on there. I had a good conversation with her. Anyway, lo and behold, she had, she was the PA for the company who had contractors all over the Northeast for about 16 months. So I was like, how many rooms do you need? Um, I can't remember how many it was, it was about, but it worked out about seven or eight houses. So me being me, I was like, yeah, I've got them. When, like, when do you want to move in? She was like, oh, well, our current thing comes to an end in two weeks. So I was like, shit, I need to find. <laughs> so anyway, I just started picking the phone up to Gumtree adverts, uh, anyone that I could think of, my friends, everybody, just like, we've got property at the rent. This is what I'm going to do. And this is, you know, it's secured, it's done, blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, I picked up five properties in 10 days doing that. 
And then I filled that contract and that was just, that was it. That was me away. I just, you know, the money came in and it wasn't until after that. So after about, I watched it for a month or two and saw that the profit was coming in. And then I thought, okay, that's actually not a bad strategy that. So, but then I realized and I read up a bit more on it and I found out it was called rent to rent, you know, and it was a natural oh, wow. thing. I thought I'd like to <laughs> something, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it worked tremendously well. And I also thought at the beginning, okay, well, I'll do a bit of this until I've got enough cash just to buy assets all the time and then I'll stop. But it just continues to work. So I don't really see why I'm ever going to stop unless it dramatically changes, you know, because you, you do earn good cash flow from somebody else's property. Love that. It's, um, I think it's a, it's a great story and just being creative, just thinking on your feet, running with things. You don't have to go down the conventional route all the time. You really don't, and your testament to that, um, and, and the fact that you're still doing it, I, f- I find interesting. I think some people think rent to rent is just for people who don't have enough capital to buy, right? You know, I've, I've definitely heard people say that before. But if you're right, if you're then in reinvesting that cash flow, and there's little barriers to entry, little capital invested in the first place, you can yeah. probably buy five well, or six when it's equivalent to one deposit, right? I mean, I've, I've amassed a portfolio by reinvesting the rent-to-rent money. You know, earlier this year, I bought a building, which I'm going to turn into 16 flats. Like, that was all from the net cash flow from rent-to-rent. You right. know, so that's how we have, like, I call it the multiplier effect. So, you know, you just, as long as you keep pumping it back in, it just continues to grow and grow and grow, as long as you know what you're doing. And that is the fundamental part of it. You know, you've got to know what you're doing. And you, it's not just a, oh, I got lucky or I got this. Yeah, there's probably an element of right place, right time, things like that. But at the same time, you've still got to understand it. You've still got to educate yourself. You've still got to be making the right decisions. And, you know, if you're not, you're picking up the wrong properties, you're overpaying on your rents, you're not controlling your costs, whatever. There's so many elements, as you know, to a business. If you're not understanding those on a day-to-day basis it can quite quickly erode your cash as opposed to build your cash good advice again i think um too many people are drawn in by the shiny penny syndrome of owning loads of properties when in reality it's it's not that simple is it in it in different level there's a different devil the higher you get there's more shit that comes with it isn't it um, and you get different problems and different challenges and they're, they're a lot worse and bigger as you as you get bigger um yeah. No, I love that. That that again. That's a, that's great advice. Um, so let's just focus on that middle part for a, a couple more questions. So, give us some highlights and Ryan. Give us some obviously massively successful, <laughs> massively successful rent to rent. The block of sixteen. I've seen that on socials, which looks great. Um, give us some other key highlights. What really stands out to you? If you had to pick a few few deals, a few moments, a few few things. Yeah, I think for me it's um, for me it's. I've always, I've always been like, I was always the school captain of rugby and swimming. You know, I always liked a, a leader. I like to look after people. So I, um, I guess one of my highlights is um, I retired my mum last year early. So she, wow. she retired five years earlier by building her a portfolio and um, giving her a little job in the business. <laughs> so uh, it's, um, so she does a, a little thing, but it's more just, to keep her occupied than an actual job. Um, so that's one of my proudest moments, I guess. And um, I also have my brother working in the business for me now. So, you know, I have really pulled people in and, you know, and, and supported them and then given them, you know, freedom to then 
you know, be- become what they want to become. And I've got, uh, I've probably got about 25 core staff now. So again, it's like giving all them jobs and they're all loving, you know, the working environment that I create, which is very flexible. And, um, you know, so for me, that's one of the main highlights and I'm going to continue to deploy that around the world. I'm off to Dubai next week to emulate what we've done in the UK over there, set the same sort of systems and processes and team up, build that because that's scaling very quickly at the minute. Um, Portugal is the next one, so I need to fly down there once I get back from Dubai to go and set that gig up. So um, so for me, that that's, that's one of the highlights is being able to have these amazing people around me at all the time. Because I think being a landlord on your own could be quite lonely. So I do quite like the sort of support function of it all and, and being able to, to have people. But I think also one of my, I think, main highlights, and, you know, I speak to a lot of business owners and they all sort of think you, you, from eight o'clock in the morning till the evening, you do nothing. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I've got my business leveraged. You know, I've worked out of the business. I don't work on the business. Sorry, I don't work in the business anymore. I just work on it. You know, and we were talking offline. I get up at five, I do five till 7 a.m. And then the day is mine, you know. So I've created so much time back in my life compared to the corporate jobs that I had previously where you're tied to a desk, you know, you're there forever. And, you know, half the time you're not even doing anything and you're definitely not enjoying it. Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. Whereas this is like the freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And the fact that I can work like two hours a day or I can work nothing and, my business still moves forward. You know, I could go on holiday now for eight, 10 weeks and turn my phone off and I know I'd come back to a bigger business, which I think is is something that a lot of people can't do. But again, I had to educate myself on how to do that. I had to put the, put the processes in place. I had to test the systems. I had to test the way that it all gets done to be able to do that. And then you can choose. So, so that's been a highlight. And then the Dubai gig I'm really excited about I used to live there. I love the place. I've always wanted to really go back. So it definitely was a, there was a bit of an emotional investment there as well as, which I know we say we shouldn't do as, as property investors, but um, yeah. there, there is a definitely an emotional side. But this is all comes into my kind of what I call lifestyle design. So my idea now is to, um, so I will have, uh, properties in I've got properties in Dubai. Uh, we're on the verge of setting everything in Portugal, and then I've got obviously my base in Newcastle. My idea is to try and live sort of four months at a time or three months at a time in in sort of each location, so you can then escape here when it's absolutely chucking it down, you know, and you can go and then catch Dubai when it's in like twenty eight to thirty two degrees and it's perfect weather, but then come away from there when it's, when it's five sixty degrees. You know, so and then go to Portugal and, and just mix it up. And then you've got that lifestyle. You've designed your life around locations. But for me, it's a cost-neutral exercise because I'll be going to Dubai this week and staying in an apartment that I rent. So it doesn't cost me 300 quid a night for a hotel. And, you know, it's all business expenses as well. So you can you can do that. And it's the same in Portugal. And, and so for me, that's kind of, what I'm really proud that I've got to that point now. And then I've got plans for the next few years and then we'll see where that takes us. Mm. That's a really, um, there's quite a few different points I'd like to pick up on there, but the, the last point I, I loved it that you said, did you say business neutral or cost neutral? Cost neutral. Cost neutral. I, I love that because 
I've never heard it said like that. And I think that's a really, it's something that people miss, first of all. But you can live this lifestyle. Loads of people, if you say that to them, would come up with 25 different reasons why you couldn't do that, wouldn't they? Yeah. You design your lifestyle around it, like like you're saying, and it's it's for business. You've got businesses there. You can take your family with you. Like It, it can be done. The only mm. thing that's going to stop you is you. Um, but I love that cost-neutral phrase that you, you used. The thing I picked up on business as well, a great term that I, I heard, I think it was a guy called Brad Sugars. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, he's like a business coach. He says the definition of a proper business is a profitable, it's a commercial and profitable enterprise that runs and grows without you as the director or the founder. And so many people miss that, right? You just said it, it's, you've leveraged yourself out and you work on it, not in it. So many people miss that. They just create a fucking high stress job for themselves. Yeah. Especially, the- with short, especially with short-term rentals. It's like, if you're not careful, it becomes a, it's not even a second job. It becomes your main job because it's 24-7. You know, I see it time and time again when I'm coaching the students. Like, yeah, we get off to a fast start and they'll acquire five, six, seven deals within like six months and it's great and the cash flow's coming in, but then they just blow up because they don't start thinking about how they can get themselves out of the operations and trying to do everything themselves. And they're running, you know, 10 pound an hour tasks that somebody else should be doing because they don't know their own value. Don't get me wrong. It took me eight to 12 months to properly release control. As entrepreneurs, we like to everything, you know, but, um, you know, even, you know, uh, Joanne, who's, you know, sort of heads up my guest guest department and sort of my, my portfolio manager, you know, she emailed me yesterday sort of saying, um, can I um, do X, Y, and Z? I can't remember what it was now. Kind of, my reply was, you're the boss. You know, that that's because I, I'm happy for them to make the decisions because if you constantly make the decisions, they're always going to come to you. And the more I do of that, the less they then start coming to me and the more, listen, they might fuck up. 10% of the time. But, you know, if 90% of the time they're making it right and they're not bothering you, it allows you to work on the business. And that's how I've been able to scale because I'm not bogged down with operations and haven't been now for about 18 months. So every day when I'm, my five to seven work isn't guest management or this or that and the other. It's basically looking at the bank and understanding what's going on behind those numbers making decisions to either invest in something more, cut costs here, do this, do that. But also then I create the ideas of, okay, what avenues can we push into and how are we going to do it? And then I build the strategy around it and then I put it into the team and they deploy it. You know, so I used to be able to get on, say, you know, 15, 20 viewings a week myself. I've now got an army. We're probably doing like 60 to 70 viewings a week because I've got more people doing it and and I don't do any now. So it allows me to grow, um, you know, but then I also start thinking, okay, well, can we go push into that space? You know, can we, you know, the furniture company that I've just kind of sorted out, you know, can we push into that? Can we do that? Can we make money there? Can, but then sometimes like ideas, like I used to have uh, a cleaning and linen service because I've got the linen and I've got cleaners. It wasn't worth the time and the hassle for the amount of money we were making, you know, and it, I, I come back to that 80, 20 rule quite often, you know, that was, making 20% of the profit, but getting 80% of the hassle. It's not worth it. And it's not worth it for my staff. So we just got rid of it. We, 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 we closed it down. We've got the full management service. It's that or nothing, you know, because that works. We're in full control of it. So again, it's, it's knowing 
when to make those decisions. And you can't make those decisions if you're not looking at the numbers daily. You know, and I was, you know, hearing all the complaints right. from the staff about it, but realizing, well, I'm only making that from it. So is it worth that? No. What what more could they be doing with their time that could actually make us more? And so for me, that's that. And then my next plan is like chairman sort of status where literally you're not involved at all. And uh, so that's kind of what I'm trying to tee up now over the next 18 months. What would that involve, like putting an MD in maybe someone like a CEO ops manager, something like that? Would that is that the yeah? So it's effectively you're like totally stepping out, and they take full ownership. They grow the business. They're responsible, and you just maybe check in once a month on a financial report and just say you know what's going on, and you know get a bit of a flavour, and, and that's that. But they have full autonomy to to kind of scale the business in whatever direction they want to do it in. So uh, that's something, again, I've started the education process on that. Started speaking to people that have already been there and done it, you know, eight, nine figure business owners. I've started actually looking for a mentor that's, you know, specializes in that. I've started reading up books. I've started listening to podcasts, you know, so it's not just, oh, I'm going to do it like that. It's like, right, I need to understand the best way to do it. And then you start putting the, the, the action in place. And that's kind of how I've done everything, really. It's not just... I think a lot of people don't see the iceberg below, right? So, you know, the, the yeah, fact yeah. that I'm 7am work for the last five years, like, you know, and it wasn't just two hours. It used to be a lot, a lot more, um, you know, but they only see the flavor stuff on Instagram and things like that. But there's yeah. a lot that goes on behind the scenes to get it to where it needs to be. Definitely. Again, I think that, that there's, there's gems in there. I think people can relate to that and hopefully take something from that. Um don't create a fucking high-stressed job for yourself. You can work. And, and I think part of the reason why people don't is, there's all the members don't know how and they're not self-aware enough, but some people, there's two, I think there's a lot of ego in business, me. Mm. I think, I'm not going to let someone else take, you know, make the decisions. It's my business. I'll run it. But you're just creating more shit and stress for yourself. Oh, you have to remove that ego and just just remove it and, and remember why you're doing it. And and then, don't get as long, it does depend. Some people, one of my best mates, is just a machine at work and he will never, I don't, he's like, he'll never stop working, but he doesn't want to and he'll work all these hours. He doesn't want an easier life. He doesn't want to take, he doesn't go on holidays and like holidays. He just says, I love going to work. That's his like hobby and his leisure time. He's plays up and his career and business. But yeah. everyone is different. As you get older, that definitely starts to change a bit. Um, you know, I, I mean, get, I mean, he's he's forty odd and he hasn't changed, so I, I don't know <laughs> if he'll ever change. But um, well, when he's sixty five, still trying to do that, you yeah, know, true, but, true. Uh, no, I think, um, yeah, I, I think I, I don't know why, but I've always had this like forties my retirement. I've had it for like even before I got into property. I don't know why it was just a number, and um, I've got three years for that. So that that's kind of what yeah, I'm in for. Take for, but I'll never retire. I think as entrepreneurs, you'll never retire. You just, you just get smarter with what you're doing, and you just, you know, I mean, I almost feel semi-retired now. In all fairness, you know, like the amount of that work, but everything's. But at the same time, I do, I do ground myself daily. You know, I write gratitude journals every morning just to sort of see, you know, like, and a lot of the time it is like, just remember this could all end tomorrow. But the, the only thing that keeps me sane on that front is 
if I've built it once, I can build it. I can build it again. And also, if it did all end tomorrow, I'd I'd know what what happened, what mistakes I made. But I also know what actually got me to here now. You see it so many times where multi-million pound companies go skint, but the business owners build another business back up because they 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 have the skill set to do that, and they they learn from the mistakes. And then they go again. It's a bit like a bad BRR project, and then your your next one's not bad, right? You know, you yeah, learn. yeah. So and you build up a better one next time. So, but I always do. Listen, I know it's it's going great at the minute, and um, obviously I had a wake up call in March last year, which allowed me to readjust slightly, diversify a bit more, think of things differently. But I do always try and keep myself a bit grounded and be like, just in case something does go wrong, what's the plan? You know, and and uh, and there is stuff going on behind the scenes with the finances to ensure that that plan is playing out. You know, that that's the stuff that people don't see. You know, that's that's the stuff that you, you probably never show anybody, you know, but there is a protection plan going on whilst it's good because good could end like that, you know, so. Definitely, definitely. No, no I love that again. I think it's great advice um, for sure for business people and property people. And, you know, if you're on that, upwards trajectory of you know if you if you scale and have now you're getting to where you want to be you do need to think about these things it's not all looking forward sometimes you need to look back a little bit not too yeah. much you need to focus on going forward but you need to protect yourself and and you're right like some people do lose it all and then make it back again but some people when they lose it all just go like that and continue to go down and i think that is that you said it's a skill set it's a mindset thing but a lot of this what you're talking about i think it's being self-aware. You come across as very self-aware of your 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 pros and cons and where you are and where, where you maybe strengths and weaknesses are and what you need to do. And you're not getting too caught up in the success. You're just self-aware, you see, which I think is credit to you and me. So, so fair, fair play. And I think that's, again, yeah. something that the listeners need to maybe be more self-aware of yourself. Or can you improve in a certain area? Are you doing something badly? or Mindset better? Like mindset is huge, you know, and fighting the feeling of overwhelm, which, you know, hinders productivity, you know, fighting your fears off because we all get them. It doesn't matter, you know, how successful you are. You're like, you, you have fears. Um, you know, I've just put an offer in there literally before we, we were talking today and it's a large sum of money. Do you know what I mean? And, and you're like, you know, well, <laughs> but I have to refrain from any negativity going in. So I'm like, Right, don't start thinking what if it goes wrong. What if it goes right? It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And you just, but it's a mindset thing. You've got to change the way you think, you know. Um, you, you've just you've got to change the way you think about, you know, how you're investing in yourself, whether that's your fitness, your health, your mind, your education, your skill sets in whatever field you want to go into, you know, you, you your qualifications that you get and whatever it is. Because if you if you allow your mind to take over. And I was there five years ago. Um, you can, as you say, quite quickly go the wrong way, and, and it can it can go quickly the wrong way as well. So for me, it's always working on that. I meditate every morning. That's part of my process. You know, that is part of trying to stay in the moment, trying to not get ahead of yourself, trying to you know not look back on anything and just stay in that moment. And that works. That helps relieve stress. It helps you a lot calmer throughout the day helps you make better decisions with clarity you know and quite often when i'm meditating an idea will pop into my head 
And quite often I forget about it by the time I'm finished. But sometimes if it's a great idea, I will stop and write it down and then I'll come back to it. And that's happened quite a few times. Fair play. A lot of people say meditation in the shower in the middle of the night on things come to you. And, um, yeah, man. Love that. Meditation's a, I must admit I have slipped a little bit with the meditation. I did do it for a long period of time. Just that calm up, just 10 minutes every just morning. That, that's, well, yeah. Yeah. And it just gives you clarity. So um, again, some more advice there. So just getting some questions in because I'm just conscious of time. Um, quickly on the current part. So what's next for you? I know you're doing Dubai, but what's, what's next and give us where um, you want to be. Yeah, so I've got um, so a couple of things I've got going on. I've got a business that I'm buying down in Portugal, hopefully. Um, can't say too much on that yet, but as soon as I do, don't worry, everyone will know about it, uh, which is going to be going to be good for us to launch the sort of... I'm creating luxury by Luke stays, which is going to be my high-end villa version of what we do. So sort of villas over a million euros or a million pounds equivalent in, in Dubai. So that's kind of going to take things to a different level. So you're talking sort of, you know, chauffeur pickups from the airport, chefs in stay, uh, cleaning every day, all your events arranged, passes to the latest and greatest VIP beaches, all that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's not a 200 pound a night stay, you know, it's a 20, 40, 50 grand a week holiday. So, um, so that's kind of where I'm wanting to take the brand over the next next sort of two, three years. And then to probably just continue doing what we're doing. Obviously, 1,000 properties has always been my target uh, in terms of numbers. So that is, is still there. And then on the coaching side, obviously recently teamed up with Emmanuel and Dick Sesh, who I know have been on, on your podcast, and two unbelievable guys to unbelievable minds to the experience that they they have is is incredible and just bouncing around with those for the last sort of eight nine months has been really good and that's why i wanted to go into business with them and uh what we're doing there with our students and um everything else that goes on there is really it's nice for me that because i kind of gets me we've started doing in-person events now so it gets me out for two three days at a time go to london go here go there we've got everybody there and build a nice little family and um that for me just gives me a bit of inspiration to want to continue to do more as well because you've always got to kind of leave from the front so uh so i'm really enjoying that process and um yeah i guess it's just uh get keep keep the models very much a rinse and repeat model so it's quite boring in all fairness, um, but it works. So it is just a case of like just more and more and more and more. So I want to try and get another 40 units in Dubai before December finishes for the end of December. And then next year over there, we'll be looking at about 200 units. And then I want another 500 in the UK uh, and Portugal before December next year as well. So that's kind of the targets in terms of numbers. And then, you know, if you fall one or two short, you're still going to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not, man? Why not? Fair play, to you man. Fair play. It's just operating on a big scale, and um, yeah, it gets easier. It gets easier as you get bigger because you know now I look at I'm trying to buy businesses like ready-made service accommodation businesses. Anybody that's got five, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty in a portfolio, maybe once out, wants a nice check. It's easier for me to do that than acquire one here, three there, five there, yeah. ten there. So, um, you know, um, if anyone's listening, you want to sell, just give me a. Give me <laughs> yeah, a I knew you would get a plug. I was waiting for the plug. I knew there'd be one. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
but yeah, it's it's much easier for us. So um, multi-units, blocks of stuff. That that's what we're kind of targeting now as well. Which just those numbers, whilst they might sound big, they're actually quite achievable when you you know you can take a block of 20, 30 on like overnight. You know, so whereas when you first start and you just oh, I'm just going to take one on because you're not sure how it's going to play. You haven't got the capital to dump into something a bit bigger. You probably haven't got the experience behind you to help you make that confident decision either. You know, so because there's a lot of capital that's got to go into it, but I know roughly. It takes me X amount of months to get that paid back. And then we start hitting profit. I know we're roughly going to keep it for however long and, you know, da, da, da. So it's just a numbers yeah, game. Just a number. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've heard you talk about numbers and systems and processes before. And it you're spot on. Like, it is. Too many people, the the lead with emotion, the buy on emotion, the gush. Yeah. Oh, I really like the property. It's, it's not about that, is it? Like, no. it's really not. I'm interested in the in the... You know the the Portugal. Why Portugal, for example? Um, why so, Portugal? Sorry. Uh, again, lifestyle design. So we've been. Uh, my in-laws have got a villa there, so we've been going there for the last oh, right. since I've known my wife. So 17, 17 years or whatever. A great place to go. But I've seen the shift in the wealth's gone from Marbella, and it's starting to filter down there a lot more. I mean, like you've got everybody and everybody down there now, your celebrities, your footballers and the fillers, the prices are getting more and more and more. And I just, um, I, again, I know what you can rent these places out for on like during peak seasons and um, you know, the golf holidays and there's, there's an opportunity there. And I feel like what I do for landlords and investors is, is such a superior service to them having to just rent it out to a tenant, deal with all the crap, deal with all the government legislations, all that sort of stuff. So and it's no different no matter what country you go to, they have the same issues. So when we can change their mindset, because, you know, what we talked about at the beginning, they then really start to buy into it and then you get more and more and more. So for me, it's, again, I want to spend more time down there personally and um enjoy the sun i do not like the cold like i hate the cold but yeah like, how, how cold is it today by the way we're both in newcastle it's last few days, it depresses me i just like <laughs> here we go you know and last time i couldn't escape so um so so now you can escape then it is kind of right getting out and about and you know four days a year two weeks there you know 10 days there and and just being able to then run the business because i've made the business a mobile business. So basically, if, the, if if it doesn't go on an app or a MacBook, it doesn't come into my business. So if, if we've got a software provider that we want to work with, looks great, and I say, have you got an app? And say, no. I say, well, you need to find one or I'm not signing up. Because if I can't sit on a sunbed and run my business, I'm not interested. Because then you're bringing yourself back into the operations or the business. I want to be able to have that. But I also want that for my staff. You know, my um, one of my staff said to me the other day, oh, I'm, I'm planning... I'm going away for two weeks, um, but would like to stay for four. She's like, I think I could do my job from the law. I was like, absolutely fine. I've got no problem at all with that, you know? So go for your four weeks to, you know, have two weeks holiday, then just work for the other two weeks, you know? So it's about creating that for them as well as me. I don't want them to be tied to a desk and knowing, oh, I've got a clock in today at nine o'clock and I've got to leave at five o'clock. And, you know, they might only be productive for three of those hours. So... I want them to have that as well. And then that allows, I think, I think that's where a lot of the growth has come from as well, because my team are amazing and they all support 
everything that I do and I support them. And I think the flexibility that I give them allows them to produce probably better results and want to want to work. Yeah, man. Love that. Again, I'm massively agree with what you're saying. Team is, you know, having a team and having a good team culture and taking them with you, you know, is something I'm really proud of pride myself on and my businesses is like I don't want them to come to work because they have to I want them to come to work because they want to and there's a big big difference in that mm. and taking them with you giving them that flexibility I do that we have loads of crack in the office joking on you know if people want to make time up and move days around as long as the work gets done it really doesn't matter if they're at home they're, no, they're I, in I, the I office monitor, or the abroad I just monitor everything on KPIs everyone's got KPIs and if they're achieving them I, I honestly don't care how many hours they work, where they work from, or what they're doing. You know, as long as those numbers are getting hit, I know that to hit the numbers, they've got to be working right because you know they're not just going to happen out of thin air, and they know that as well. But um, there's a great on. I, I do a lot of Blinkist. I don't really read books. So I, I listen to Blinks, which are like short, snappy points of each book. But there's a thing on there called it's about it's the Netflix series. It's how Netflix was built as a business. Again. Like 18 months ago, started digging into that, started, you know, and putting these principles in play. And, you know, that's how they managed to become who they are because of this kind of flexibility, this work sort of ethos where, you know, employees are not employees. You treat them as though they're CEOs and they can make decisions and they give, you know, they, they produce better. And so it's all, you know, it's not just, oh, it worked by luck. You know, there's, there's, there's method in the madness, you know, and, but it, 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 it's, all, it's all going the right direction anyway. Yeah, man. Love that. Love that. Um, just to wrap up then, Ryan, um, the show's called The Rags to Riches Show. As you notice, apologies to people that are watching, by the way. My lights have went off. That's why it's a bit... <laughs> my picture's really funny. I'm conscious I look like I've got a filter on or something. I haven't. <laughs> the lights are on a timer. Um, so the, show, the show's called The Rags to Riches Show. Um, but what does being rich mean to you, Ryan? Because you can be rich in time and monetary terms and friendships, relationships. You can be rich in many different things, but... If I ask you the question, what does being rich mean to you? What what would you say? Uh, freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want, from wherever you want. It's not. Say that, say, say that again. Freedom to do whatever you want, from wherever you want, whenever you want. Love that. Three so, W's, yeah. Love that. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, certainly the wherever you want. I think you probably living that you know in in your building and designing your life around that on you where mm. you want is um yeah you can you, you know you, you clearly live in that i think that's again just changing a mindset you know with people and making them think you know it can be done um what's he called online i know he's like a billionaire but grand cardone just flies around the world doesn't he i know he must homeschool his kids or whatever um but if, it's all because that jet is paid for by the company because each one of those visits he's going to see property. The whole thing is a tax write-off, but he's very clever how he does it. You design your life. So in business, like in business, you want to pay the least amount of tax you can possibly pay legally. You know, that's, that's why you have businesses and you can wrap shelters around. And if you do it properly, you can live millionaire lifestyles and not actually have to earn that much money. You know, so it, there's so many ways, whereas when you go employed, you ain't got a choice what slice is coming off the top of that. And the more you earn, the less choice you've got and the less you actually get because yeah. you have to go. So, you know, but everything is, you know, but yeah, so he gets to have this 
like billionaire lifestyle. Don't get me wrong, he has got billions, but he also it fits into his business, you know. Because yeah. I think you're an entrepreneur, you like I say quite like quite regular. Like my companies, my my overriding company, that's my third child. You know, that's how much I care. <laughs> you know, so um, and I think if you love what you do, it's never work. Like I don't feel like I work. I just feel like I get up and I just enjoy myself every single day. And and then certain things happen and we do different things and we've got the freedom to do whatever we want, wherever we want. Love that. I think that's a really great way to end the show. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Ryan. I really appreciate it. If anybody wants to follow you, reach out, connect with you, what's the best way for them to do so? Um, official Ryan Luke is pretty much most of my handles across all social medias um so just hit me up on on one of those um if you haven't already with um facebook groups things like that so jump on you'll find you'll find your way around you'll get weaved into some marketing funnels <laughs> <laughs> love that no honestly mate thank you so much i've really enjoyed right. it and fair play to what you've done and you and you do man it's, uh, it's great so appreciate it down thanks ryan cheers mate